Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. If you did not hear our Huey Lewis part one, push pause right here. Go back to listen to that previous episode. This one, we're going to go track by track through sports, what I think is their best album. I cannot begin to describe to you how excited I am about this. I said it last episode. This is like you've gone to your class reunion and you see the girl you used to date and she's still hot. (laughs) And you're like, wow, how did I mess that thing up? But that's the power of love. <laughs> nice, nice. Thanks. That was a Thank good you. set. Yeah. <laughs> Huey Lewis in the News released Sports on September 15th of 1983. We talked last week how it was one of five albums that reached the number one spot in 1984. Super steep competition that year. Yeah, super steep competition. And these guys held their own as a band. I mean, they, all of these guys had played the club circuit, had been going for years and years, and never made it until this album and then when they make it and they are successful they get criticized for their success (laughs) they're like oh it's popular you know it's uninspiring and so this is this is the phrase that i love that he said huila said nowhere is it written that rock and roll has to be political or change the world one thing rock and roll has to be is true and if it rings true it's right and that is this freaking album yes front to back love it Okay, before we dive in track by track, okay, I have to address the elephant in the room, American Psycho. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay. Before we get going, I just want to point something out. We have been talking to each other now for a couple of years, face-to-face, and one of the reasons that I can do that is because you don't have nose hair. <laughs> have you been talking to people and like you can't even concentrate on what they're saying because of their nose hair? Absolutely. They like talk to you. They like dangle. <laughs> it dangles. Yes, it wiggles. It's it's a total distraction. Absolutely. And so let me let me say, if you are one of those guys, we have a product that is supporting the podcast that you need to check out. It's called the Weed Whacker and it is from Manscaped. It is an amazing product. It trims your nose hair. It's not embarrassing. You just stick it up there. It takes care of it. You're not going to look at people and bother them. Right. And I'm one of those guys who's self-conscious about my nose hair. So somebody that you're going to see me and I'm going to be like yanking them out and wincing in pain. <laughs> Don't do that. There is a special thing that they make. And they've also just released, in addition to the Weed Whacker, they have just released something called the lawnmower. If you have other areas of your body that you're looking to trim up. And I'd like to point out that a giraffe is easier to see in the plains than it is in the forest. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Yes, yes it is. So, and it's very, it's very good around sensitive areas, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, they have also an entire shave kit called the Ultra Smooth Package. Package. <laughs> <laughs> you get the idea, so... Who it, doesn't want their package ultra smooth? Right, right. So, don't forget to go to manscaped.com and use the promo code FANSIDED20 to get 20% off your order and free shipping. Whack it. (laughs) Perfect. So you sent me a video, which is fantastic. And I really kind of want to play a clip from it right now. But before I do, I'm going to say, if you have not seen American Psycho, there is a very well-known part that whenever we talk about Huey Lewis on our Facebook page, somebody invariably quotes We're gonna this hear scene, right? So here's the scene from American Psycho. You like Huey Lewis in the news? Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own. Commercially and artistically. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. He's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. And then, this is so beautiful, here's the scene that Huey Lewis did with our hero of all heroes, (laughs) Mr. Weird Al Yankovic, that is a parody of that scene. Do you like American Psycho? Although originally polarizing to audiences and critics alike, it developed a much-deserved cult following when released on digital video disc or DVD. There it found a second life and really came into its own commercially and artistically. The movie works both as a grim examination of male vanity while also maintaining real genre thrills, justifying these tonal shifts by placing the audience inside the head of the duplicious lead character. Christian Bale's dynamite performance gives it a big boost. The role almost went to Leo, but nobody could have brought that certain athos and charisma to it quite like Bale. A role he later recalled a shade of in Christopher Nolan's Batman pictures. 
Brilliant. I love it. Brilliant. I love it. So, <laughs> so you kind of get the impression from the way the movie goes is that they're kind of mocking Huey Lewis in the news. He gave him permission to use the song, right? And and he listens to what he says and he's like, he's right. He's absolutely right. We, we were kind of in our new wave phase. Now, interestingly, the song doesn't appear on the American Psycho soundtrack. They asked him to do it. Uh-huh. And he was like, okay, sure. What other songs are going to be in there? And of course they put the Phil Collins song, which he basically goes through the same bit with the Phil Collins song. Right. And he's like, and, and he goes, well, just in the soundtrack music. He's like, so two rock songs and then orchestral music? Right. And they're like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, I don't really feel like that's the thing. Can you just kind of politely say, no, thank you. I don't really think that our fans are going to go buy buy an album for one song. It doesn't really. That song was hit to be square, right? Right. Okay. And so when the album comes out, of course, all the news media says Huey Lewis pulls track off of the album because movie is too violent. Right, right. I've digressed. Let's get back to the album before we start talking songs. Let's talk about cover art. We talked about how awesome Bruce Springsteen's cover, how iconic that is. Huey Lewis's cover, the album Sports has got a pretty iconic cover too. I mean, when I see it, I recognize it right away. Sports. Yeah. He said on the day that they shot this, the guy who shot the pictures, his name is Bennett Hall, and he's done several other albums. But he said, uh, I was really hung over that day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Very well known. Huey was dying that day from a hangover. Yeah. Could you imagine that your most well-known picture of all <laughs> pictures that have ever been taken of you is when you were really hungover? <laughs> he looks pretty chipper in the picture, though. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know until he said something. So the place that they're at is a club in Mill Valley, California that they used to play at called the 2AM Club, okay. which the locals affectionately refer to as The Deuce. <laughs> the deuce. The deuce. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So I've got a small story with the cover. Okay. Yeah. Up in the upper corner of the TV, there's a football player making a catch. Yeah. Okay. That's Dwight Clark of the San Francisco 49ers, who, as you know, uh, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. And so I'm very aware of Dwight Clark's catch against the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> knocking them out of the Super Bowl. Uh, and you mean the one where uh, Joe Montana was just throwing the ball away? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that one. Is that, is that your stance, given the fact that you're a Cowboys fan? Well, you know, I, I don't want to get into that right now. But uh, Dwight Clark, you know, Joe Montana to Dwight Clark back at the end zone. He makes this big catch, and it starts the run of the 49ers dominating the 80s, okay? Right. Yeah. So the 49ers and, and Huey Lewis and News, are, are they're fans of each other. Uh-huh. And so they befriend Dwight Clark and Joe Montana. And these guys actually, in Hip to Be Square, the guys are going here, there, and everywhere. That's Dwight Clark and Joe Montana. Get the heck out of here. Yeah. I was going to save that for a four episode, which I hope to do later on, but we'll, we'll cover that then too. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Dwight Clark in, in the later 80s would give permission for Huey Lewis to be on the sidelines for the 49er game. And Huey Lewis is down on the sidelines. Okay. Yeah. But Deion Sanders and Jerry Glanville had all MC Hammer on the sidelines and like they'd gotten in trouble and it looked weird and okay. MC Hammer's out on the on the field, high-fiving people. And so <laughs> the NFL said, all right, no more of that. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> you guys, hammer screwed up for everybody, right? And so and so Dwight Clark said, well, here's the deal. I'll give you a photographer's pass on the sidelines, right? Okay. So you're like our photographer, team photographer. Okay. So Huey Lewis is like, okay. And he's like, just, just be cool. Don't do anything weird. So he's like, all right, fine. I'll be cool. I'll just stand on the sidelines. And so Huey's down there with Billy Gibson, who's the drummer for the news. The 49ers were blowing out the Giants, and the cameras were starting to wander. And Huey's like, we better get out of here before we get anybody in trouble, uh-huh. right? And as he turns to walk out, they pull Steve Young, who's the quarterback for the 49ers, uh-huh. off the field. He's like, okay, you're done for the day. Okay. And Steve Young, as he's coming off the field, cameras are all on him. He's like, hey, Huey. <laughs> He's like, hey, and he's like, what? If, what am I gonna do? The quarterback is yelling at me, right? Right. right. And he's like, hey, Steve, how's it going? And he's like, oh, give him a big hug, like, hey, Huey Lewis and Steve Young. So then the commentators, they're like, hey, John Madden wants to say hi to Huey Lewis, and so he was like, okay. So they hand him a microphone, and he's talking to John Madden, and everybody gets in trouble. So they find the 49ers for this, uh-huh. but Carmen Policy, who is the 
president of the 49ers writes this very scathing letter to the NFL because Huey Lewis is their spiritual advisor. And how <laughs> dare they? Would they write the same letter if Billy Graham was on the sidelines? Oh, that's fantastic. So Huey Lewis got the 49ers fined. Anyway, Dwight Clark. Spiritual leader of the 49ers. <laughs> Compared him to Billy Graham. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, are we ready to dive trap high track into this? Yes, let's do it. I can't wait any longer. My heart is beating. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> The Heart of Rock and Roll, released April 10th, 1984, was the third single on the album. It reached number six on the chart. Okay, this is really interesting. Take yeah. note of that. Number yeah. six. Number okay? six. All right. Now, out of my curiosity, I'm like, oh, are you kidding? An iconic song like Heart of Rock and Roll doesn't reach top five? Right. So here's what was the top five the week that this peaked at number six. Okay. Number one, Time After Time by Cindy Lauper. Yes. Pretty iconic 80s song. Yeah. Number two, Let's Hear It For The Boy, Denise Williams. Huge song off the Footloose soundtrack. Right, which had been number one just before. Number three, Oh Sherry by Steve Perry. Ah, the journey-sounding song that he did solo that we talked about back in our Frontiers episode. Go check that out if you haven't yet. Number four, The Reflex by Duran Duran. Ooh, God, that's huge. All right? Yeah. And number five, Sister Christian by Night Ranger. Oh, a great song. I mean... That Boogie is Nights. a. I'm sorry, Boogie Nights is what I think about every. Go back, right watch Boogie Nights. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy Heather Graham. We haven't done anything on that one, but we will. Okay, we will. all right. Cover Let's Boogie do it. Okay. Yeah. okay, so this song was written by Huey Lewis and Johnny Cole. Now, Johnny is a spectacular guitarist and also saxophonist. He's the sax guy. How many guys are doing saxophone songs in the '80s? Just a couple. Yeah, their not names many. Are Huey Lewis and Bruce Springsteen? Right. That's it. This has got a really similar style to dancing in the streets yeah yeah well because they have that city roll call at the end of the song yeah the creation of this song so huey lewis gets this story yes we talked about this a little bit yeah huey lewis gets this story that the heart of rock and roll is in cleveland so he's like i don't know about that guys and so they go and they play this show Uh in cleveland and the fans just blow his doors off yeah and on the tour bus going home afterwards, he's like, you know what, guys? I think the heart of rock and roll is in Cleveland. And they're like, yeah. And he's like, I think that's a great title for a song. And, and they're like, like ah. <laughs> <laughs> But now every time I listen to that song, uh-huh. you can hear the heart, the heart of rock and roll, roll is in Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. So they had had a great show in Cleveland, yes. right? Uh-huh. Which spawned this song. Yes. L.A. is mentioned in this. But if you ask Huey Lewis, what's the worst reception you've ever had? Where's the worst place to play? He says, L.A. He said that they played a show. He said he can usually tell what the review is going to be of the show when they play, because if he feels like it's a bad show, the reviews are going to be bad. And that's right. what it always turns out. Right. So they do their first show in L.A. He thinks they do a great job. The next morning, the manager is like, all right, everybody got a good review in the L.A. Times. You know, come on down for breakfast. Not so fast, Huey. Apparently, he got railed this first show. He was like totally surprised. And he says, so I'm just kind of like, wow, I really thought we did a good show. But then a few months later, he's doing some recording. George Lucas has got a recording studio at the Skywalker Ranch, right? So he's with George Lucas. He's George Lucas is dating Linda Ronstadt at the time, who is there recording. And he's like, oh, nice to meet you. You know, they're doing their introductions. She's like, it's so good to meet you. You know, we've got Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys coming in a little bit to, to sing on this uh, song with me. Would you like to meet him? He's like, oh, I'd love that. Cause they were a huge, yeah. Huey Lewis was a huge Beach Boys fan, right? Yeah. And so Brian Wilson comes and he's a little awkward. He's got some issues. Yeah. Right. But he starts talking to Huey Lewis. He's like, oh yes, I know you. I know your work. Oh, I love it. He goes, I actually saw you in concert. He's like, oh really? When? He's like, the, the LA. He's like, which show did you see? And Brian Wilson's like, I saw your very first show, the very first one. And he goes, okay, so tell me the truth. What'd you think of it? He goes, top five, maybe top three live performances I've ever seen in my whole life. Wow. And Lewis is like, screw the LA Times. Brian Wilson just told me that was one of the best shows he's ever seen. I don't care about the bad review. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> Brian Wilson, Beach Boys. That's awesome. 
Before you move on, I got one quick story. Oh. 1990, we had just played a baseball game. After we had a big win, we're traveling back home on the bus. My coach was in an especially good mood because we won. So he let us turn on the radio station. This is in 1990. So think, I mean, this is Appetite for Destruction. This is Dr. Feelgood. This is Winger. This is hair metal, Bon Jovi, New Jersey. This is all this stuff. Uh-huh. So... What comes on the radio but Heart of Rock and Roll? So when you're in high school, when you're 17, seven years ago is eternity. But Heart of Rock and Roll comes on and one guy starts to sing. Uh-huh. And it becomes like the scene on Almost Famous. The entire bus awesome. of baseball players are belting out Heart of Rock and Roll because everybody knows the words. And our coach is amazed. <laughs> That's fantastic. What a great story. Shout out to Jinx fantastic. High School, Jinx Oklahoma. Okay, let's talk about the roll call at the end of this song. Okay. DC, San Antonio, Liberty Town, Boston, and a Baton Rouge. Tulsa, Austin, Oklahoma City, Seattle, San Francisco, so at the end, they list, you know, Tulsa, Austin, Oklahoma City, Seattle, San Francisco, too. Yep, there you go. Right? Everywhere. Yeah, so there's this roll call of cities, right? Yes, yeah. And so the record company is like, hey, this is great. We want you to make, like, specialized versions of this to play for different radio stations around the country. Yeah. And Huey Lewis is like, oh, you know, okay, whatever, you know, whatever helps the song. Right. And he's like, how many do you want me to make? And they're like, well, let's see, there's like 150 radio stations. <laughs> So like 150, <laughs> he's like, wait a minute, guys. I don't, you know, well, you know, but I can tell you for sure. I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Okay. So the part where it says Tulsa, Austin, Oklahoma city. Yes. Seattle, San Francisco too. Yeah. That part on my home radio station said Tulsa, 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 Seattle, San Francisco too. Really? Yeah, for sure. Wow. 100%. So they, they have all these different versions of the songs. So they're thinking, like, did I ever hear Little Rock or Fort Smith? I'm just... Yeah, I mean, if you grew up in New Mexico, a good chance you hear Santa Fe or something in there, wow, right? okay, yeah. Okay. So they came to him and they said, okay, super job. We like the alternate versions. Now we want you to do Canada. He's <laughs> <was> like, Canada? <laughs> so, so they came to him and they're like, you know, Toronto, Montreal. He's like, okay, okay, you know. And they're like, Halifax. He's like... <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. The heart of rock and roll does not belong in Halifax. <laughs> and he said, so he like put his foot down on Halifax. I'm not singing Halifax. Then he said he went and played Halifax. He's like, the place is really cool. <laughs> it's a rock and roll. Band. Yeah, yeah. Halifax, heart of rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we didn't talk about the video on heart of rock and roll. All I can remember is they let pack it with a lot of flash. Really kicks him in the. But did but did. We might ought to talk about that. <laughs> okay. We done with Heart of Rock and Roll? Yes. All right. Moving on to the number two song on the album. This song is called Heart and Soul. Yes. This is not an original Huey Lewis in the News song. I know, and that, that blows me away. I didn't yes, know that before. I, that. There's, yeah, I did not know it either, and obviously this is uh, one of their biggest ones. I mean, this is the first video I remember seeing. This is the first single off the album. Yeah. So yeah, Heart of Soul was written by Mike Chapman and Nikki Chin, okay? Uh-huh. Yeah. These are famous songwriters. They wrote, I Want to Kiss You All Over, flashback to our Happy Gilmore episode. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Good, good throwback. Nice. <laughs> well done. They wrote Better Be Good to Me by Tina Turner. Okay. And they wrote Mickey by Tony Basil. Oh, Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. So the song was first recorded by Exile uh-huh. in 1981. Yeah. And it was the title track on their album, Heart and Soul. This blows me away that in 1983, we're already re-recording songs from 1981. Well, it obviously wasn't a huge... It, it didn't do as well as they thought it should do. Failed to crack the top 100. So I, I heard Hugh Lewis, once again, they're looking for a hit, right? And they're uh-huh. trying to cover their butt because their third album needs to be a smash or the record company is going to walk away. So they had all these songs and they're like, we need one more hit. Okay, this is the Pour Some Sugar On Me, same story. Okay, 
We need one more hit. So he was talking to Mike Chapman because Mike Chapman had flirted with producing Huey Lewis in the news. Okay. And he's like, hey, I man, I need a hit. I need one more song that I can be a hit. And Mike Chapman's this song, Heart and Soul, we think is pretty good. Yeah. And so Huey listened to it and he's like, no, this sounds great. This is a hit. You know, I, I want to do this. Well, it turns out that Mike Chapman had given permission for Huey Lewis to record it uh-huh. and this other group called the Bus Boys to record it. Yeah, the Bus Boys. The Bus Boys are the the boys are back in town that's in Ghostbusters and in 48 Hours. They were like the band in Eddie Murphy's all his stuff. The Bus Boys are huge. Wow, okay. Wow, that's good. I didn't know that. Yes. I did so, not know that. Again, a throw forward to Ghostbusters coming up, The Bus Boys. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. So yes, yeah, you okay. licensed the song, The Bus Boys. So The Bus Boys recorded that for their 1982 album, American Worker. But Huey Lewis, he wanted to hear the recordings of it. And when he heard it, he thought, nah, our version is better. <laughs> So he was worried about it until he heard it. And he's like, nah. I, I can say this. When you look up Heart and Soul on Wikipedia, it is a picture of Huey Lewis's album. Okay. Like we said, this was the first single. It was released August 30th, 1983. This reached number eight. Uh-huh. Okay. Number eight. Let's talk about the music video for a second. Okay. This is one of the first videos I ever remember watching. Okay. And I really, I I think there was something, Huey Lewis is a guy who I think has looked 45 his entire life. Like I saw pictures of him when he was like in the high school basketball team and he looks exactly the same. It's now only (laughs) that he's in his 70s that he starts to look like he's 55. Right. He just has always had that same look. And so I see this video of a guy who doesn't look like the other people that I've seen on MTV in a suit and tie. Yeah. And then he walks into a place where everybody that's dancing looks like all of the other people that I've seen on MTV. Sure. And so it's got this actress in it called Signe Coleman. Signe Coleman. Yep. Yeah. And she had been, I think she was in a soap opera and she played like a blind character in the soap opera. Okay. But right. she's, she is very engaging in this. Hey, in this she's in Heart and Soul. She's also the girl he's chasing around in I Want a New Drug. Uh-huh. And the reason why they hired her? Yeah. Her mom and Huey Lewis's mom were friends. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> there you go. So this video, are we ready to talk about the video? Sure, yeah. So the video is really weird. Yes. Um, you've got all these weird folks who are lip syncing the song as he's kind of in there checking out this hot girl who's dancing. Uh-huh. And then you see, is it Mario Cipollini the, that looks like the vampire? Yes, that's right. Oh my gosh. I'm like, what is going on with this creepy dude? I'm like, oh wow, he's actually a member of the band. He's not just some weird character like the other ones they have. And then you, he, at some point they're running along and opening doors and you open, he opens the door and there he is with fangs out, biting the neck of a girl. <laughs> and they're like, what the heck? And close that door and move yes, on. Yes. Very strange. Interesting videos. All right, moving on. Third song on the album, Bad is Bad. This moment, when this song came on, when I listened to this album again for the first time (laughs) in 30 years, and this song came on, I was like, I know this song. I know this song. I knew every single word, word for word, and I haven't heard it in 30 years. Uh Now, we talked about that this song was something that Huey Lewis had written before and had been recorded by... Dave Evans. Thank you. And wasn't good. Right. I mean, it was okay. It was okay. It wasn't bad. It was all right. It was very bluesy. This one's kind of a doo-wop. They're even saying doo-wop on it, right? Absolutely. Um, it's not got as much harmonic on it. It's got more harmonies on it, which I, as I understand it, Johnny uh, Cola is the one who puts together their harmonies, which we got to talk about for just a second. Okay. The blend of these guys' voice, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, they're not any one of them fantastic singers. They're not any one of them fantastic, like, expert musicians. They're just all good and they're good together. That's the key. Yeah. And when they first started, when Bob Brown was pushing it and Chrysalis was like, hey, okay, we'll sign them. But Chrysalis said, but they need to get rid of the drummer. The drummer, Bill yep. Gibson. Yep. And after Huey Lewis's experience with the bass player that threw up because he was on LSD when he got fired, yep. he was like, no, yep. I'm not going to fire him. That's you don't want to sign us, don't sign us. Yep. 
they signed him anyway. That's super. Love the loyalty there. Yeah. So Bad is Bad it was actually written, like you said, in the late 70s uh, while he was working with Phil Lennett of Thin Lizzy. Yeah, he did a lot of harmonica work with Thin Lizzy. And we didn't mention this, but Clover, after they broke up, you know, yeah, they went on and recorded on Elvis Costello's first really big album and they offered Huey Lewis to come and record with them. And he was like, yeah, I think I'd rather have a two week vacation. The interesting thing to me, and I don't quite know how all this works out, yeah. but Bad is Bad was not released as a single. Should have been. Should have been. This is my favorite song on this album. Okay. It's my, I, and I just, it's so good. So this song didn't chart because it wasn't released. Right. But they made a video for it. Yeah, it's not a fantastic video. They're just kind of walking around in the streets of... San Francisco. Yeah. Filmed in March of 1985. <sighs> Weird. Okay, so I got to say, at age 45, listening to it now, yeah. I didn't really understand what this song was about. I Because whenever I listened to it as a kid, and he said, play the guitar like a chainsaw buzzing, and it was like... I was like, right. yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. No, that's not what he means. <laughs> okay. Sometimes bad is bad. Yeah. Yeah, he he meant that the, the chain. I mean, because I play guitar now, right? I was not a guitar player when I listened to this song the first time. If if the if it sounds buzzy, if the guitar sounds buddy buzzy, that means it's bad. It's got a, a thing you don't want, and so that that's bad. And then I should have picked up on the this stew is the, the baddest stew, in the yeah. land. Yeah, and all one dollar's worth is all I could stand. I, I just didn't get it. And then the final lyric in the song is a great Jimi Hendrix Red House style, which Jimi Hendrix will come up here in a second. Yep. But it's this great, you know, I tried to unlock the door style, what he comes in. The letter says, love you, Huey, but there's another... Strange pair of shoes Yep. under my bed. So here we are, three, four, three, and in my opinion, building like better and better and better. These what are we great gonna, songs, man. What, what are we going to see on number four? Okay, number four, last song on side one. You might have heard of it. I want a new drug. So that double guitar at the beginning of this is fantastic. Yeah, they do a great pan from left speaker to right speaker, top down, radio up. This is the song you want to be hearing. This was the second single released, January 3rd, 1984. This reached number six. Huh. Still haven't cracked the top five. Oh my five. gosh. Okay. This is such a good song. I can't believe that it didn't crack the top five. It's amazing, again. right? Okay, so this song goes through every side effect that you can think of for drug use. I know that you have no experience at all. I am embarrassed to say that I do. <laughs> I, can, I can understand every bad side effect. There are no drugs without bad side effects, kids. None. Right. Zero. Including love. Love does have some bad side, side effects. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It does. That's true. But that's what the song is truly about. Huey talks about it. It is about love. He said this song is not pro-drug. It's not even anti-drug. No. It's just about love. Here's the interesting thing. Huey Lewis wrote the song in a few minutes. Said he was on his way to his attorney's house, and he was in the car, okay? And he, he's driving, and all of a sudden, boom, it hits. Okay. He's got it in his head. Uh-huh. And he basically runs in and says, Bob, give me a piece of paper. <laughs> give me a piece of paper, and he writes it down. Yeah. That, to me, that blows me away. Yeah. Like, these guys are so creative that songs just jump into their head. Uh-huh. This song was covered by our main man, Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, right. The song was called, We Can't Let It Go By. I Want a New Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I want a new duck. One that won't try to bite. One that won't chew a hole in my socks. One that won't quack all night. Which is why the end of that video where it's Weird Al Yankovic and Huey Lewis together parodying American, American Psycho. Psycho is so brilliant last line yep brilliant brilliant hey i will tell you just from personal experience yeah okay so i had this tape 
had a cassette tape. Uh-huh. You know, I told you my parents, they analyzed my music pretty good. My dad picked up the tape. Oh, hard of rock and roll, hard of soul, bad is bad, walking on a thin line, all good. Yeah. Wait, what's this song called, I Want a New Drug? He had to pause and ask my uncle if it was okay. My uncle gave the thumbs up. So now I wore out sports. Way to go, Uncle. I know, right? Okay, there's something at the end of this song that I did not know until we were driving in the car today to record this. Yeah, I I remember it from when I was a kid, and I don't know how I knew it back then, but I knew it. And yeah, as we're driving, I'm like, oh, there's Jimi Hendrix. And you're like, there's who? What, what? I know. Um, But here it is. And that's Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix, guys. I, I don't know if nobody else noticed it but me, but there you go. I that's incredible. Any guitar, any guitarist out there is going to hear that and go, oh, I know what he's doing there. Again, yeah. these guys are not masterful musicians. They just are out there having some freaking good time and, and they're tight. Throwing in fun stuff. Yeah. That's really Love cool. it. Love it. Okay. This is where we talk about the lawsuit between Huey Lewis and, and Ray Parker Jr. Yeah. So the guys who are making Ghostbusters go to Huey Lewis and say, hey, we'd like you to record a song for the soundtrack. And he says, no. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Writing a song called Ghostbusters, no. And then later, the song that was written for Ghostbusters, that is called, who you're going to call Ghostbusters, sounds real familiar. Play it right here. Okay. It's unquestionable. It's a little faster, but it's absolutely unquestionably a copy. And I've heard Ray Parker talk about this. He did. It's not like he wrote that part of the song. He had a guy who wrote it, but he didn't want to throw him under the bus. Right. He was just like, just came to me and it was a cool sounding guitar riff. So yeah. I said, great, I can write some lyrics to this. And that's how the song came about. That's right. But that's his name was still the one on the lawsuit. So here's the interesting thing. I heard an interview with Ray Parker. They settled out of court. Huey Lewis sued Ray Parker Jr. And they settled out of court yep. Okay, for an undisclosed sum of money. Yep. Okay. Now, flash forward about like six, seven, eight, ten years. Yeah, it was quite a bit. It was like VH1 behind the music. It was. Yeah. And Huey Lewis is talking about how Ray Parker stole their song, I Want a New Drug, and turned it into Ghostbusters. Yeah, the song is not for sale. And then he says, but I guess it turns, turns out, it, out was it was because they paid us for it. Yep. Then Ray Parker Jr. sues Huey Lewis. Yeah. Because he was he had some sort of no talk about it yes. deal. Most most settlements are confidential <laughs> and by Huey Lewis saying they paid us for it he just said what was the confidential part yes. which was a violation as i understand it there's been no resolution to that that's interesting this is because these are two songs that i loved huh? and could have gone my entire life without even really dawning on me that they were the same roots you know yeah. i love that song ghostbusters i mean i sure. love i want a new drug so yeah. but the, the funny song <laughs> funny how that works out, right? Yeah. Ray Parker Jr. did say that Huey Lewis did have to pay him for mentioning that on VH1 Behind the Music. Yeah. Huey may have countersued based on that statement, <laughs> but... <laughs> it goes round and round. <laughs> All right, enough of this lawyer stuff. Okay, a couple more things I want to mention about this. Okay. Okay, so this, as we mentioned, I Want a New Drug was actually put in as the temp track for Back to the Future. Okay. Oh, for the, for the opening scene where he's on the skateboard? Scene. Yep. In the video... Uh-huh. There is one iconic scene that you mentioned to me, and I remember. Uh-huh. It's the head in the ice water. And that's from a movie Yeah, that I didn't know. Okay, so the face in the ice water scene. Yes. Probably the most memorable part of the video. Right, right. I think it's from The Verdict with Paul Newman, story where he's a drunk attorney, and I think he wakes up with a hangover, and that's his cure for the hangover is sticking his head in a bucket of ice water. I don't think it's the same, like, way he did it but uh i think that's where he got that they didn't put a camera in the sink no that but that's really the best part that is the best part the bubbles coming and then he's singing the song under the water that is the coolest part (laughs) and as a kid i'm like that is awesome okay that's it for i want a new drug push stop on your tape player kick it out flip it over side two and we started off with walking on a thin line 
So this is interesting how the song starts off. It is different than the other ones. And I just want to point something out that we haven't kind of pointed out as, as we've gone along here. Okay. But every single one of these songs is a different style of song. Okay. You know, they come. They came into the album thinking we want any one of these to be a potential hit single, right? Right, right. Trying to hit the top 40. Right. So the first one, Heart of Rock and Roll, that's rock. Heart and Soul is pop rock. Bad is Bad, that's like doo-wop blues. Yeah. And then you've got I Want a New Drug, which is very new wave. And then we hit this one with this awesome intro. you got different instruments introing each of these songs. This one starts off heavy keyboards like... keyboards given the rhythm and then coming in with the melody and then it's really nice how the guitar takes over that rhythm spot from the keyboard but this one i don't know whether to call this rock or new wave or new wave rock it's just kind of its own thing but it's just amazing that these guys are doing all these different styles of song we haven't even got to country yet which we will yeah on this side of the album yeah okay so this is the fifth single yep released october 9th of 1984 this only reached number 18 yeah, this was their least successful single, but this, to throw back to our Bruce Springsteen episode, this is their Born in the USA. Not because it's a big hit, but because this one is about what it's like to be the Vietnam vet that nobody cares about. Right. In fact, I called you the other day and I said, yeah. which one of the songs on sports belongs on Born in the USA? And we yeah. both agreed. This one. This is it. For right? sure. Yes. Not if not, this is it. Not, <laughs> not if no, this is it. This that. one. Yes. <laughs> Andre Pessis yes. wrote this song. He also wrote the song Just Take My Heart by Mr. Big. Oh, okay. From, yeah, for, I, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Mr. Big was uh, kind of hot for a moment there yeah, in there. Nice Mr. Big for a second. <laughs> they were Mr. Big for a second, yes. I've got a great story about this song. Okay. Okay. So during live performances, Huey Lewis has been surprised before by Chris Berman. He's a famous ESPN personality. Right. So they asked him, why do you get up on stage and sing Walking, Walking on a Thin, thin line, line right? with Huey Lewis? He said, because if I sing Power of Love, there'll be a riot. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And you know what? He's probably right. Okay, so interestingly, yes. as you say that, this song was the last single released off of this album. Right. The next single, Power, Power of Love. Love. Right. Yes. Moving on. Okay. The next song is called Finally Found a Home. Okay, so this has got some strong guitar work here at the beginning right here. Oh, absolutely. I love it. And it's an acoustic guitar that they've got going. This could, I mean, this could be a Tesla song when it starts out, right? Nice. This, I mean, this is, and Tesla isn't coming along for a little bit now. Right. Again, we have a completely different style of song that they're doing here. And what I love about this song is how it kind of sums up what's happened to Huey Lewis at this point. You know, everybody expects all of these great things from him because he's the guy who got the 800 on the math portion of the ACT, right? He's right. the guy who had the promising pitcher arm, was going to go to, you know, went to Cornell, was going to be a success. And then he spent 11 years failing Bumming as around. a musician, yeah. right? Failing only to have that band break up and become a house band somewhere. And just by, like I said, the best hustle move ever manages to do it but he always stuck with doing what he loved he didn't compromise what he wanted to do and ultimately he found his home in that song nice yeah. nice i love it his hard work paid off yeah he finally found a home this one could have been a single this is a great song. Love it. If this, if you put this on, you know, top forty radio, and you put a cool video with this, this is a hit. Yeah, I'm convinced. I, I'd love to hear Tesla sing this. <laughs> I think it'd be good. We got to call Frank Hannon up and say, All right. hey, "Would you guys do a cover of this song for us, please?" Okay, so we're done with "Finally Found a Home." Now we're moving in to my favorite song on the album. If this is it.
that guitar right there, it just sings, right? It's yeah. just a it's just a melodic guitar and it's almost sad. It's a great breakup song, you know? It is a great breakup song. That's right. That's it is the perfect music to go with the lyrics of this song because it, it is such a great song. This is solid guitar, but it's so hooky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. that the line at the beginning, I like feel the pain. I heard you say, tell him I'm not home. Heartbreak. How does heartbreak? It is heartbreak. I feel the pain. Yeah. And I've been there and you've been there. We've all been there. I've never been there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this was their fourth single, yeah. released April 10th, 1984. To me, this song is the summer of 1984. This song was on a lot. All the time. A lot, for sure. So we are going through this incredible run through summer of 84. And this song was all huge. over the place. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. this is it. gone track by track through this yes i've said pay attention to the chart toppers yes okay and yep. where they finish okay? okay heart and soul went to number eight hard rock and roll number six yes i want a new drug number six yeah if this is it third consecutive number six that's got to be frustrating <laughs> i'm telling you right is it frustrating or is it like yeah we did it again we i hit, mean yeah i mean i bet at number three they're like can we just crack the top five i know it's crazy well so none of them reached the top five that's the power Thankfully, we got Power of Love coming. So the video, if you guys, I, anybody, if you can't, if you're not recalling the video right off the top of your head, all of, all I have to say is heads buried in the sand, right? <laughs> like the guys are buried up to their necks, rocking back and forth. That is this video right here. They have a lot of those silly kind of play videos. It's really cool. Yeah. So the guy who directed this video is a guy named Ed Griles. Ed Griles. Yes. Okay. Ed Griles started, he started making videos back in 79 with Deep Purple and Rainbow. And then he also made videos for a group called Blue Angel. Okay. Do you know what singer came from Blue Angel? No. She just wanted to have fun. Cindy Lauper. Who was also huge in 1984. Huge. Which is, by the way, the year that the MTV Video Music Awards started, and guess who directed them? Ed Griles. Ed Griles, yes. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I do have in my notes that Ed Griles directed Heart of Rock and Roll, Stuck With You, which yep. is Huey Lewis' song. Off of Four, right? Off of Four. Yeah. Which is another great Huey Lewis album. Uh-huh. And he also directed Girls Just Want to Have Fun and Time After Time. The Cindy Lauper version. The Cindy Lauper version. Not the <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne version. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right, I've got something that's going to blow you away. Okay. This video yes. was shot uh -huh. at a beach. Yes. Okay, how am I going to phrase this? That is not surprising to me. <laughs> that did not blow okay. my mind. That was a colossal fail. All right, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to try to tee this up a little bit better. Okay. <laughs> All right, this video was shot at a beach. Yes. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm waiting with okay. bated breath. This video <laughs> was shot and set at an amusement park on the beach Okay. about a movie that we've already covered. Oh, shoot. Does this ring a bell with you at all? Okay, so beach, movie that we've covered. No. What movie have we covered where the action takes place at an amusement park on the beach? Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. Oh, same, same place. beach. Wow. The Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz. Boardwalk. Murder capital of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Huey and the boys are lucky to get out of there. Congratulations. David. After four attempts on that one, you hey, blew my mind. There we go. <laughs> Didn't want to blow that. Okay. Let's talk about the women in this video. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You got two ladies, one that's ready to get rid of him and one that's ready to take her spot. Okay. The pretty one, the one that's ready to get rid of him is Janet Cross. Janet Cross was Babe City in 1984. Yeah. The white swimsuit, the brunette. Yeah. You know, she's walking around with different boyfriends all the time, breaking Huey Lewis's heart. Right. right. She is now a renowned New York architect. What? Yes. 
Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's awesome. That is good. That's she was hoping that this video would kind of be her big break. Didn't pan out for her. So now she's an architect in New York City. Wow. You got something on Sandra Wilder? I don't. She she Gene Wilder's niece? (laughs) I can tell you that she was also in a Scorpions video and also in The Woman in Red, which starred Kelly LeBrock and Gene Gene Wilder. Wilder. (laughs) (laughs) How about (laughs) Hey, maybe, right? (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Okay. No. Gene Wilder's not his real name. It's Frankenstein. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that was so good. That was so good. All right, are we done with it? This is it? Yes, this is it for this is it. All right. Next one is called You Crack Me Up. Okay, fantastic new wave beginning this sounds like a car song right they've hooked into that that car's sound very cool synth intro you know where you got the idea for all of the the horrible things that this person he's talking to uh, tell me so this came from people who would try to meet them like after the show <laughs> like they'd come and meet them you know try to corner them in the parking lot or whatever before they were super big and famous like when they were playing at uncle charlie's they would have these people that constantly could just kind of came up and just did all of these annoying things or were obviously high or thought they were a star already. And it, that's where they got all the lyrics for this obnoxious person that he's referring to. Nice, nice. This song was written after he met with that young reporter from the Arkansas uh, high school. <laughs> Denny. 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 So too bad this song is not about Denny, but it could have been, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, this song was written by Huey Lewis and Mario Cipollina. Uh-huh. It's only one of four songs on this whole album that wasn't released as a single. It's a great song. It's a good it song. It could have been. Break me up. It's not a skipper. No skippers on this album. Mm, maybe one. Uh, are you referring to the last song? I am referring to the last song. Okay, we need to just jump <laughs> right into it, Mr. All right. Hank Williams is going to come down and smack <laughs> you for this. Okay. All right. Moving on to the last song. This song is called Honky Tonk Blues. I cannot believe that you hate this song. I don't hate it. You're skipping this. I'm skipping it. Oh my gosh. This is like this is like a sleep at the wheel. Roy Benson, close personal friend of Huey Lewis. This is bluegrass steel guitar at its finest. How can you be against this song? I'm just in a rush to get back to hard rock and roll. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this song was originally recorded by Hank Williams. His son has re-recorded it, Hank Williams Jr. Yep. It was on Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, 1972 album, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Yep. It was a big hit for Charlie Pride. It was on Waylon Jennings' 1982 album, Black on Black, and then Huey Lewis. And then after Huey Lewis, the Pirates of the Mississippi came out with it and got to number 26 on the Hot Country Singles charts with this song. This is an amazing song. I'm waiting to be impressed. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> what? <laughs> ah, you're going to make me blow a vein. Oh, I'm sorry. This is not my style. Oh, all right. You're not a country guy. I'm not a country guy either, but this is good. This is good country music. Okay. Plus, it shows the versatility of this band who's given us pop and new wave and blues and doo-wop, and now they come and they... They give us with some honky tonk. Listen, this is versatile. Honky tonk country. Uh, they are showing off their versatility. I cannot argue with that. It sounds like a great country song. I'm just not a big country guy. I would rather have another new wave pop radio friendly hit. This, yeah, okay. Can we exchange this one for Power of Love and just trade them right out? <laughs> okay, that's fine. We can turn it off. We can turn it off. It kind of soured. I am, full experience. I am for sorry. Me. I am sorry. I can't believe you said this is a skipper, but that's all right. You're just wrong. I'm just ready to get back to harder rock and roll, you know? All right. All right. Fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So this is the end of the album. Yes. Hit stop on your tape player, kick it out, flip it over, turn it back to harder rock and roll and restart. Yeah. Okay. Or grab your Back to the Future soundtrack, throw it in. Because man, what a freaking good soundtrack that was. We are into final judgment. Okay. Dun, da, da, da. Dun, da, da, da. 
Am I going first? I went first last time. You're first this time. Okay, so here's what I got to say. All right. The songs on Huey Lewis and the News Sports are all ear candy. Mm -hmm. They're wonderful. And it took me a little while to fall in love with Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA. But I realized what the difference was. And it it took an experience of life to, to make it happen. When I'm in my car and the sun is out and it's summertime and I want to have fun, I'm listening to Huey Lewis and the News Sports. When I've just had an argument with my wife and it's late at night and I'm driving fast and angry, I need those deep picture painting lyrics of Born in the USA. So which album I'm going to pick when I'm walking out the door depends on which situation I'm in, honestly. All right. But I got to say, as good as Born in the USA is, and it is fantastic. It is fantastic. The lyrics, no question better, deeper lyrics, but for pure listening pleasure, I got to pick Huey Lewis in the News, sports, so good, so much a part of my youth growing up. That's where it is for me. Okay. Where are you at? Basically, that's the exact same way that I feel. Born in the USA has deep, meaningful, poignant, serious even songs, Okay. Now, there are a few exceptions. I think Glory Days is great fun. Yeah. And it is ear candy. Yep. Glory Days is a top-down, turn-it-up song. My favorite song of the album. Yes. Favorite song of the album. Favorite song of his overall, I think. I think so, too. Right? Um, You know, Born in the USA, we talked about how that is a not-quite-what-you-think-it's-about song. Right. And then they have some some more subdued songs like I'm on Fire and Hometown. and So, great, iconic Huge seller of 1984, deeply ingrained in the mid-80s. But for me, I'm a feel-good guy, and Huey Lewis is all about feel-good music. So if I'm walking out the door, it would have to be a rainy, stormy day for me to grab Born in the USA over sports. Right. For me, it's almost always going to be sports. All right. We're on the same page again. How about that? That's, let's see. We've had a couple this year so far. I know, right? You're finally coming around. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what you think. Hit us up on Twitter at Shirley Podcast. Hit us up on Facebook at Shirley Podcast. Be sure to check out our Patreon page where you can become an executive producer of one of our episodes with a very small donation to our podcast. And Jason, what do we got coming up next? Okay, you thought this one was big? Yeah. 1984, wait till we talk about next week. Next week is Ghostbusters versus Gremlins. It's fantastic. We've got more funny than scary monster type movies. Yeah, sort of supernatural. That were gigantic in 1984. I mean, they were everywhere. Yeah. You could not go somewhere without seeing a Mogwai or a Slimer. Tune in for that. Come back and listen in with us. Join the fun. See you guys next week.